when I talk about my journey uh, with the 550-50 across in the United States, I always tell them that running really saved my life. That was Dr. Corker, and this is the Cream City Pacers podcast. Welcome to another episode, everyone. It's good to have you guys back. I hope everyone's been enjoying the weekly rundowns. If you haven't been listening to the weekly rundowns, we drop them every Friday. It's our chance to talk about what's happening in the Milwaukee running scene on a real-time stream. So stay tuned to those every Friday morning. Dr. Corker is such an interesting man. His background in running didn't really start till he was in his 20s and really didn't have an effect on his life until his 40s when he had uh, what he thought was a heart attack, was really a panic attack, and it brought forward the issues of mental health within ourselves and our society. From then on, that compelled him to really start running competitively, whether that was 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, marathons, 15Ks, if we're referring to the Lakefront Discovery Run. And also, it helped propel him after he retired to start his foundation and what led to the 555 run race series. Today we're going to talk a lot about mental health, how it affects all of us, and how running and exercise can be an outlet for that. This episode is brought to you by Mimosa Breakfast and Brunch. The wait is finally over. Location number two has opened in Brookfield. Located on Blue Mount, just east of the corners, Mimosa Brookfield offers the same classics as Mimosa One, but is pushing the envelope on freshness. And from scratch food, they have new menu items. I've had them. They are delicious. You need to go check them out. These guys support the show. So I appreciate it if you guys would go support them. So go check out their new location in Brookfield or the original location in Franklin. Either way, you're not going to be disappointed. And after a long run on a Saturday, nothing's better than the classic shrimp omelet, the jambalaya skillet, or maybe you're feeling adventurous and try the blueberry omelet, or just stick with their new chocolate almberry pancakes. Now, without further ado, on to the show. Dr. Corker, welcome to the Cream City Pacers podcast. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Um, Dr. Corker, I think we're going to have a really fun conversation today. Uh, we're going to talk uh, about mental health. We're going to learn about how you started the 555 Run Walk series. We're going to talk about your foundation. Um, it's going to be a good time. But before we get into all that, we always have to kick off the show with, how did you get into running? Well, uh it started out when I was a, a fellow at, uh, at uh, Norfolk General Hospital in Norfolk, Virginia, and I stayed at a, a con- a, a, an apartment building, which is not too far from a hospital, which was right next to a, an area where there's trails and a river. And, and I would get up in the morning and look, and I see people out there running. It's like, you know what, I, I wanted to, you know, uh, start exercising and running and and I was in my early 20s and so I started running and I have to say that I I fall in love and I really have never stopped since Um, so I continued to run um, throughout 
the whole time I was doing my residency and fellowship, completed my fellowship, and then my second fellowship when I was in Washington University in St. Louis. Then I came to Wisconsin, joined the Medical College of Wisconsin, and there I continued to run, and that's when I did my first uh, my first marathon, which was the uh, you know the Milwaukee Marathon. Um, so running really lakefront marathon, I think lakefront marathon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So running really followed you after you got uh, into it. Yeah, yeah. But truly, competitively, uh, running really became more competitive after uh, when I turned forty. After I had my first serious panic attack, um, I was uh, at home and. Um, and suddenly I felt like there was a pressure on my chest and I was just going to have a heart attack and and end up in the emergency room at Waukesha Memorial Hospital and, and had a couple of cardiac cath and they were all okay. And uh, and then I, I didn't know quite what was going on. Um, there was a physician who was a gastroenterologist who actually uh, did an endoscopy on me and during the endoscopy he says, you know, adult all the tests are negative. I think you probably have a panic attack. So when I went home, when I was discharged, I looked it up in the textbook of medicine, and here I am, kidney specialist, and, you know, and I was like a textbook case of it. And retrospectively, I, I went back through my own personal life from the way I was a kid. I had, you know, heart concerns when I was like a teenager. I used to get like dizzy spells and I get to get anxiety spells and I never knew what they were but after I had my serious panic attack I realized that that's really what I had was I had all these panic disorders from the time I was a kid uh, so at the time with the with the panic attack being centered around my heart and in my, my my tightness in my chest I found that you know going back to running has really uh, helped me and and as I intensified my running and started kicking my heart rate up faster and starting to really following a regular running routine and a schedule, I realized it was the best assurance that I have that my heart is okay, that I can actually run, you know, 5K or 10K or 15K or a marathon and not really die of, of, of heart problems. So that sense of assurance and at the same time, really, I think running has, as you know, tremendous effects on, you know, endorphins, cortisol level, uh, uh, insulin, and many other hormones that really works on the central nervous system that really helps you calm down and it helps control your anxiety. And, uh, and, um, in, and, and, and it really, it was like a perfect medicine for me. Like I always say that uh, when I talk about my journey uh, with the 550-50 across in the United States, I always tell them that like seventing running really saved my life. Yeah, uh, it really did. So, do you think, like leading up to that, looking back in retrospect, it's always a little easier seeing that. Did you did you identify that earlier in life that you were having like what were panic attack symptoms? No, not did until you, I had the big one. Did when, you when have like minor cases that you like kind of pushed off and you're like, well, I'm healthy. I like, I work out and whatnot. So I must yes. just be something yes. else. Exactly. Yes. So yes. you kind of shrugged it off. I did. I did shrug it off. And <laughs> and I had like many EKGs. I remember like when I was a resident, I had like a number of EKGs were done. Okay. For, uh, and a number of being seen by doctors and trying to figure out a reason why I'm passing out or dizzy or lightheaded. And, you know, 
when I turned 30, I looked back at all of this. I was like, you know what? This was all these mini panic attacks that I had all my life, and I just didn't know what it was. So when you had your panic attack, you actually thought it was a heart attack. Is yes. Is that what you went in for? Yes, yes. And then it was after the test came back. Negative. It was negative. Mm-hmm. It was a panic attack. So how did you, obviously, you got more into competitive running. Um, what yes. else did you do? Or was that a huge reliever of that? Did that help you? A ton, or was it like a complete lifestyle change for you? Did you look yes. at things a little differently? I, I think it uh, changed uh, a lot. Uh, became a lot more conscientious about my diet and uh, my weight and my blood pressure and exercising regularly through running, plus, you know, doing some weight training and cross training uh, with cycling. I, I, I found that to be really extremely helpful. Uh, to keep me in shape and to, at the same time, keep my mental health in control. Uh, this can continue throughout, throughout my you know, years of practicing medicine. I was in academic medicine for uh, a number of years and then in private practice. And, and throughout that, that whole time, I never really stopped running. You know, uh, when uh, I decided to step down from my clinical practice, step back, and, and really try to see what to do with my life, I decided to establish a foundation. I've always been philanthropic in my, in my philosophy mm-hmm. as an individual, and, and I really wanted to focus on an area that I thought that there was a lot of need for. Reflecting on my own personal experience with mental health and also on the challenges that many of my patients who have mental health issues, I felt like you know a foundation with the focus on mental health would be extremely important and timely at a time in the United States when we have you know, uh, mental health crises, honestly, among the young and middle-aged and, and, and adults and older people. I mean, we're seeing it across the board, uh, you know, with the extreme end of it of suicide. Now, you know, as we have the highest rate of suicide ever in the history of this country, especially among young people. So I think that's why I decided to, to, to establish foundation with a focus on mental health but really to kickstart the foundation, I wanted to have an event that really tie in the physical exercise and wellness and running. Mm-hmm. And one day I was on the treadmill uh, in my basement and I have a map of the United States behind me and I saw a reflection of the map in the, in the, in the window in front of me and I was on the treadmill running a 5K and I looked at the... I looked at the map of the U.S. and I looked at the number five on the treadmill. I said, oh, hmm, I can run 5K. I can run 5K in all 50 states. Hmm, I can do this in 50 days. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, 5-50-50 sounds really like a, hmm, that's a great idea. I think I, think I could do it. You know, at the time, I really thought that it was impossible because I called many of my friends and I was told, silly, crazy, this is not going to work. It's not possible. I even have one of my friends said, I think you need to see a psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how, like, that idea is pretty crazy. So your, your run series is 5-50-50. Right. Run walk series. And it's f- right. 5, it's 55K. 5K. You say it. 5K in 50 states in 50, 50 days. days. So that's like running 155 miles in 50 days. And that's just crazy to people because you can't comprehend that. Like yeah. 50 states in 50 days is one thing, but then running a 5K. So 
I can see why a lot of people were, were on that train against you. But you were, you were all for that. I was. And when did it really like stick that it was going to become a thing? I think when I uh, was interviewing for an executive director for the foundation, I told um, one of the person I was interviewing that I'm, this is what I want to do. She said, you know, I think there's one person you might want to talk to because I know he recently sold his business, uh, Chris Ponteri, and uh, and he, he that's what he does, you know. And so I immediately contacted him and we met, and I think we met on Friday and we offered him a job on Monday. That's and, quick. And, and he basically did a phenomenal job establishing the... Uh, the 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 fifty fifty platform uh, was organizing races in every state, at fifty consecutive days, and um, and uh, he left us uh, this fall, and we have a new executive director who's also a competitive runner and a racer, and uh, she's uh, taken on uh, with the same platform, and we're continuing on with the mission to do this again this year. This will be the fourth year? The third year. The third year. So the first year was uh, 2018. Yeah. Yeah, Chris. So Chris has done a lot for the racing community in Milwaukee. I mean, so yeah, he's an amazing young man. Milwaukee Marathon yeah, and yeah. insert every other race. So that's awesome that he was able to help you do that because that's a big undertaking. It is. I mean planning all those logistics for all of that. We were talking about it before the show. I mean, you got to have volunteers, you got to get with the parks department, you got to have courses, you have to, and then you have to do that 50 days in a row. So yes, uh, the concept's like really cool. And you know, it's really exciting to hear about because it's, it's not only just a race and it's in your state, wherever you are, but it's for mental health, which not a lot of runs um, support that. Agree. So I mean, there's. Many. I think it was. It's, it was something. It was something new. So, how was starting that like, uh, like media wise, and how did you kind of get it out there in every state that like this is going on? It seems like a real. That even is a bigger undertaking than getting the race set up. Yes, I, you know, we used conventional, uh, you know, media was reaching out to, um, you know, television and radio stations and you know print magazines through. We we worked with a um, was a um, uh, PR firm that helped us with that public relations firm that helped us with that. But we also used uh, social media quite heavily, and um, and and I think the majority of the people that came in and participated in our runs in uh, if not you know most of the states, they really came to us through social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, they saw us either on Facebook or Instagram or checked out on our website, website, and 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 that's how they actually came to us. But we also partnered with Mental Health America in some of the locations, uh, uh, and probably about in the first year about six or seven, and last year about eight uh, locations. Mental Health America is a very is a, it's the oldest mental health. Uh, foundation in the United States. It was established over 100 years ago. And um, so they, they, they partnered with us uh, and they helped us with uh, volunteers and, you know, bring uh, bringing participants into the event. Oh, that's awesome. At, so eight, that was, <coughs> at eight different yeah. races, at eight races this year? I, I think this, in 2019, they participated in eight of them. Keep and going, then the yeah. year before that, I'm hopeful that we will do more a partnership and yeah. uh, and then build on that relationship and then and and you know so so we're actually believe it or not we're starting to get approached by some 
areas, uh, mental health service areas, to actually wanting to be uh, partnering with us in, in, in several locations across the United States. So oh, I bet, especially after they start learning about this and how it's not... It's in their community, but it's also a bigger initiative. It's the entire United States. It's part of a bigger a yes. bigger thing, which I think is really important. Right. I truly believe that every time I do one of these events, one of these races, like when we get to the state, and, mm-hmm. and I'm right now number 25, and, and I start talking to people. People come in, and I always talk to them a little bit before the event and uh, and then after the event. And, and it, it, I really truly feel that we're creating a movement of which we are enforcing the role of exercise in mental health. You can't believe how many people, Alex, that would come in to this event and run the 5K and cross the finish line, whether they want it or walking, say, this is the first 5K I've ever run. And I want to do this again because I feel so much better. I feel so much different. And so I I truly believe that we've created a movement. There's so much that... We don't really um, understand about how exercise. I, I truly believe that exercise is the best medicine. You know, uh, there have been many, many studies that looked at the effects of exercise and running, in particular, on mental health uh, in patients with depression, showing that it can actually reduce the number of pills or the dose of the medication that the patients are taking. Uh, there's also been studies to show that that you can actually sometimes even take people off medications with regular physical training of maybe uh, 150 to 300 minutes of uh, uh, intense aerobic exercise a week, you can basically bring people's mental health into a condition where they don't, where they actually need less antidepressants or even no antidepressants. So I'm not promoting that people do that, I think, without the guidance of their physicians, but it is the best drug. And if I can tell you that 150 minutes of exercise, uh, which you know comes down to maybe 20, 30 minutes a day, uh, can, be, can help your mental health, can reduce your risk of cancer, obesity, hypertension, diabetes, all of those things. You know, I mean, that's just, you know. It's a no-brainer. No-brainer. <laughs> I mean, you know, get on your running shoes. <laughs> yeah, really, and it's that easy. It's just it is that on, easy. Put on your running shoes. Put it on does, your shoes if you're not a runner. Exactly. And just exactly. go do it. And it's Absolutely. not. It's not going to be easy. But once you do it, and you get out there, you you can see the changes. I mean, we've all started at. You weren't a runner until you went to school, and then it changed. And now you're you're super. You're your runner. You do other things. Um, it's really important, and yeah. it's 150 minutes a week. That's doable. That is doable. I have a, a I'm always, you know, I, I think that many of my friends, people that know me, know that I always try to go the extra mile. I'm, I'm, I'm more like trying to do the extreme. I don't just, you know, run 5K. I run 5K in 50 states in 50 days. So, I mean, <laughs> so, I, mean I think many of my friends look at that. But, but I really look at it in a totally different perspective. There was a, um, in, in, a in a gym that I go to, there is a sign that says, what doesn't challenge you doesn't change you. And that really truly what I believe in. I think if we're not challenged, either as individuals or as society, by the things that happens around us, we can't change things, you know. Uh, And unfortunately, sometimes we have to have something really, really bad happen before we 
we change the way we do certain things. And I think that's the thing that worries me. And when I, you know, I think it is important to realize that every day in your life is, 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 is going to go by very fast. And if you want it to mean something to you and to your communities and to your friends and your family, you should take care of yourself. And one of the easiest way to do that is to really engage in some regular physical activity. Yes, taking care of yourself is important thing number one. Yep. And then you can help your community. Yeah, absolutely. And so talking to people, I was some of your videos that you guys have on YouTube, you guys should go check them out. Um, you know, our interviews of people at each state talking about their experience with mental health, whether it's through them, a family member, uh, you know, experiencing a friend who just committed suicide. And you know, you're bringing all these people together and through exercises, what you're doing, I think is so powerful. And the stories you've had of here outside of just, you know, I've run my first 5k have to be, has to make it worth it every state, oh every God. day, 50 it's days incredible. in a row. Like incredible. that's how a movement starts. Incredible. I tell you, every day when I when I did I did uh, 2018 2019, uh, the hardest race for me is the Milwaukee race. You know, I know it's because I know it's the end. I know I'm done, but at the same time, I know that I'm going to miss having all these encounters with people, and I truly have tears in my eyes. Not because I feel like I've accomplished something big. It's just that because I feel like I have left so many things behind, and I've have that I'm going to miss those opportunities, that I'm going to be meeting all these people that are going to come into the event with stories, because everyone has a story. Everyone has a story to tell. And what's most amazing about some of the stories is the fact that people come to me and say, you know what, exercise and running has changed my life too. And that's why I'm here. I'm here to support that cause. Mm -hmm. Have you seen over the last two years... Um like repeat people coming back from 18 oh, yes. to 19 at all yes. the races and be familiar faces for you, but with each other, hopefully, which I think I is think cool so. It's too, too young of a, a too young of a, of a, uh, of a program, okay. I think, you know, a couple of years. Uh, we did have uh, a number of people that were repeat uh, participant in 2019 uh, to 2018. I think we would hope to see more. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So where does the um, series start? It starts in Hawaii. Oh, that's a good You're way welcome. to start. I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I say I'm that, like, oh, that, really? <laughs> Can I come along? Yeah, it is It is in Hawaii. It's the first one in Hawaii. And then I fly from there into this, into into um, uh, mainland. Uh, and then we drive all through, all through 14,000 miles of driving throughout the United States. But so, in the interim, I do fly to Alaska and do the Alaska run and fly back to the U.S. Okay, so there's two there's two flights involved. Two flights Four. involved, yeah. That's uh, that's a lot of driving. When I first thought of this, I was like, that's a lot of flying. And then right before the show, when you said you did it all driving, I'm like, well, that makes way more sense. But that's also a lot of miles in a car, too. It is, it is. So do you have a whole crew coming with you? How yes. many people are with you on the journey? Yes, we have a... Um, the first year we did this, we had five people. Last this last year we had three, and and this year we're gonna have four. So normally we have me or uh, me. We have uh, a, a social media person, uh, and we have a, a driver or volunteer. But now we can add another 
driver volunteer to help with setup and takedown and setting up the race, setting up the the, the um, uh, you know the uh, the signs for the for yeah. The, for the so it's part you guys and then I assume vo- local volunteers that are helping. But, you yes, guys exactly. And then well. we have local volunteers and then we have some local captains in some of the areas and uh, uh, where people might take on the uh, position of of. of seeing and overseeing the uh, fact mm-hmm. that um, the signs are placed in the right place and people are running the right way people are running the right way getting their and water providing water absolutely yeah i do all of that so we don't consistently have volunteers in every event but we we have them in most events mm-hmm. uh, but our team still have to make sure that everything is done correctly that's that's so cool so you've seen all of the country what are some of like uh your most memorable runs races from the last two years the most memorable one is the first one that i did in hawaii the first time because this was a a year in planning and process and to actually look around and find over 100 people wearing the shirts that you designed that have your foundation name your message on it was unbelievable. I, I just, every time I think about that one moment, I still cry because I never thought that this will happen. I never thought that I'd be able to create this. And uh, and then I think last year, one of the most memorable events was in Boston because we had, uh, we had more than 30 people coming in to run in memory of one person who had died of suicide. He was oh. a 23-year-old who had just gotten married. And it was so emotional for me to see everyone standing there and then, you know, cheering for him and with his, you know, and, and with the shirts that have his name on it. And that's those are the kind of things that really sticks in your mind and 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 they never go away. Because then we ran into a number of other races uh, in New York and uh, in North Carolina where family members of this person also ran with us in the other races so the entire family run in memory of this young man in five different states that's incredible which is amazing you know that's powerful yeah what are your goals so like for the race um like at each spot is it to obviously bring awareness for this but for people to take action from it to kind of meet each other and like bring people together from the community who are working to, you know, help in mental health or share their own stories or just kind of looking for other people who've had the same experiences as them. Are you kind of yeah, you know, I've, I've like what was your goal been, when you I've thought asked, like I've when you asked that question many times, and I have to say essentially I think of three things: awareness, awareness, awareness. You never raise enough awareness. Because it's just so important to make people aware of the fact that mental illness is there. It's everywhere. Everyone is affected by it. Most of us have it. Maybe not, you know, all the time. But it, there's going to be a strange situation in our life of which we're going to suffer from it at some point. From, for a loss of a job or a, a, a loved one or whatever. The second thing is really stigma. We to remove the stigma associated with mental health. This is still a huge challenge. It's a lot better than it used to be. But I think stigma is something that's very important. When people come out to these races, many of them have mental health issues, and many of them are willing to talk about it. And that's the thing that's most imp- that, that's, that's so powerful. 
is that these people are not only willing to come and participate in the event, they're willing to be photographed, they're willing to stand and talk about it. And that is really important, the stigma, you know. And then thirdly, enforcing the role of exercise and mental health. Mm-hmm. So those are the three things that I think that the 550-50 is all about. Of course, then, you know, the foundation and the, the work that the foundation is doing, you know, from scholarship programs that we do in the early detection and treatment and the suicide prevention, all of those things are things that the functions that the foundation is doing with some of the resources that are coming in from, from this particular event. But those are the three main ones. Yeah, that's awesome. And people speaking out about it, like, it's still not a common thing. But there's so much power that they're doing that. Because so many people just, it's not, it's an internal thing, right? I look fine, so I'm fine. When really, that's not the case in most of us. And you, you just said it. I mean, you lose a job, you go through some life-changing things as you get older. Things happen to you. It's not, it's not as easy. Mm-hmm. And people keep it in. So definitely talk about it with someone. I mean, who do you recommend just talking with your friend, a family member, if you would like go seeking out, seek professional help? Yeah. Is there a good way to start going about it? I feel like there could be some good takeaways for our listeners. I completely agree with you, Alex. You know, it's an invisible, mental illness invisible is invisible. You know, if you have a broken arm, everybody could see it. If you're limping because you have a knee injury, everybody sees it. But and you can you hear a, it if I'm in pain. But, but, if you, but if you have, you know, emotional issues or challenges, then nobody see it. Now, who to go to? I think, I think talking about it to your friends and family and relatives and then also looking for help in your community and, and you know, talk about it with your primary care physicians. Uh, talk about it with your health providers. I think a lot of time, healthcare providers, especially primary care physicians, have, are so busy in their work and they just really don't have the time to talk mm-hmm. about your depression or anxiety or whatever it is that's standing behind the pain that you're suffering from or resulting or, or caused by the pain that, you know, emotional issues. And what I'm really excited about is that, you know, a couple of years ago, we gave a grant to Waukesha Memorial Hospital Pro Healthcare to start embedding a, a psycho- psychologist uh, um, or, or a nurse practitioner with psychologist with, with mental health certification within the primary care arena. That integrated healthcare model in primary care turned out to be extremely successful and, and, and very helpful to, to, to patients and to the physicians themselves because then they don't have to deal with those emo, you know, questions that the patients, they can always give them to the um, you know, nurse practitioner or physician assistants mm-hmm. who are certified in mental health. And then if those, if, if those problems appear to be more serious, then they can, they can refer the patients to the mm-hmm. psychiatrist or the psychologist. So I think... That particular uh, process turned out to be very successful, and, and we intend to continue to support that kind of work. And is that a pretty new um, concept? In it the is really not a new new concept. I mean that 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 started. I think you start seeing it in some of the clinical practices and around the country probably about four or five years ago, <clears throat> but it has expanded, uh, and it's mm-hmm. right now it has expanded a great deal in many different. Uh, programs uh, throughout the throughout the United States uh, and in Wisconsin, but unfortunately, it still doesn't. I mean, it's expanding, but there's a lot of limited resources. Mental health is not a money making thing for the healthcare systems, unfortunately. 
And, you know, they, you see them investing a lot of money in, you know, critical care and heart mm-hmm. care and, and gastrointestinal care. And, you know, but they really, I think the, the problem with our mental health services is, is that they're very short in part because there's a lot of, there's not a lot of financial incentives in providing those services. And and um, and also insurance companies don't pay for them, and or mm-hmm. they have very limited coverage. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's one of the things that you know my movement is is hoping to try to bring through the attention and the awareness that we're creating, is that maybe that will put a pressure on both providers, healthcare systems, and insurers to say, you know what, we've got to take care of this because because you know it, if you take care of it, you ultimately save money. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's been a lot of studies to show that a third of the patients that enter the heart care centers have no more cardiac cath because what they really have is a panic attack, just like what I had. Yeah. So if you can identify it and assess it, then you can spare money and save money. You know, at the end of the day, the whole system will benefit. Yeah, if you're proactive and, you know, you have a <clears throat> healthy lifestyle approach or you're identifying maybe what your... Um, panic attacks may be early on that you can help help that and alleviate it through you know activity like running or whatever it may be and that reduces people in the hospital yeah absolutely i think that there is an enormous amount of benefit to exercise like i said it's the cheapest medicine out there oh yes <laughs> and we're a running podcast you can't get much cheaper than it, running. Know, running pod, you <laughs> Uh, all you need is a pair of shoes, and then yeah, absolutely. it absolutely. can go up from there. And it's not even that much more. Maybe a watch, maybe some running clothes for the winter. Yeah. That's yeah. about it. I know I have, I'm not a big cyclist, but I have some friends who are big cyclists. And you can spend a lot of money on oh, your okay, bike. Yes. I've realized that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So running, I love it. It's easy and it's good. So, speaking of running, you, when you were competitively running, you like what kind of races were you doing? Were you I doing? Are you the five k king? Many, many, many five k's. Many. I don't know. I can't think of how many. Like, I got rid of a bunch of shirts the other day, and I think there were like fifty of them. <laughs> uh, just talking in the last ten years, maybe twelve years. But I've done a lot of five k's and ten k's and fifteen k's, and I've done about I don't know twenty marathons. I think. Nice. So you've you run the gamut. I run races. the gamut. Yeah. What's your favorite one? My absolute favorite marathon is Big Sur, in California. I think everyone should do that at least once in their life. <laughs> that sounds beautiful. It's unbelievable. It's it's it is it is the most scenic and the most beautiful marathon I think I've ever done. What's it like? It's running along. Are you like on the coast and, the whole time? Yeah, most oh. of the time. Yeah, most of the time. No, but except for a small sections, you know, here and there. But for the most part, you're on the coast. You're just. Got the waves on left and mountains on the right. And just amazing. That's beautiful. And it's very well organized. And um, just the weather is always beautiful there. It's never hot and never too cold. That's perfect temperature on Big Sur. It's usually in April. Uh, like just a week or two before the Boston Marathon. Have you run Boston? Uh I have not. <laughs> I, I, is this a and there's subject? a painful story behind All that. right, let's hear uh, it. The story is that I, I, uh, uh, I qualified for Boston, but uh, I was running, and I went to visit my 
son in Boise, Idaho, and we went out skiing, and I skied. I'm not a good skier. Downhill skiing? Downhill skiing. And we're coming down. It was an icy, icy snow, not very well-groomed trails. And, and I was coming down, and I'm making a turn, and my left foot caught and um, no. that clip fl- fell over, and, and I basically tore my ACL. And that was, uh, I think, the marathon is in April, so I... You were out? I was out. And uh, I have not really been able to get back in and, and to do the same. And my, my pace has slowed down quite a bit, so... After the injury? After the injury, yeah. I'm back rebuilding the knee and uh, and then going back to training. But I, to be honest with you, I just decided, okay, that's fine. I didn't wasn't meant to be. That had to be a pretty big... Like it was a big disappointment. hurdle to get over. It is. It is. How long ago? I know was my coach. My 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 coach was so upset with me because it's like, <laughs> like I told you not to do anything stupid. <laughs> well, I did. <laughs> it wasn't stupid at the time until I, I, know, I know I know messed yeah. up my leg. How long ago was that? I think that was five years ago. Okay, so it's been recent. So you've been. I, I can probably probably do it. Yeah. Getting back. Are you like back to like being able to run full? Paul, go. I mean, you're doing all the fifty. Yeah, I think I think I really found myself to become more and more of an endurance endurance runner than I'm mm. speed. I I can tell that my speed is slowing down. Yeah, um, and uh, doing more distance, um, but at the same time, I think I just did the uh, the Athens marathon. Yeah, uh, and that was after I did my five fifty fifty the 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 first five fifty fifty and. Uh, it was uh, it was a that year I think I ran seven hundred and fifty miles. <laughs> nice, a little too many. Yeah, and a lot of that was in a short time frame. Yes, yes, exactly. So you did the Athens Marathon right after, right after. Yeah, the about a five two, two months after. So did you feel like you were in really good shape for it, or were oh, you yes. like I was beat down? Shape. I felt great. And we we're talking. What do you? thinking of maybe doing after this year's series uh, nothing <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep that one off the record for now exactly for now i'm not i'm not i don't have anything planned but you never know you never know i, I like I, it i always wanted to do a paris marathon so we'll see oh, but that's in it, usually in the spring i am sort of that's so when point. does uh, when does this year's series kick off uh april 26 and then that would land us the last race is in milwaukee milwaukee yes on june 14 so that'll be a everybody lot of fun. needs to join us. Yeah, everyone. We'll be out there in full force. That'll Absolutely. be a really good time. And that's at Veterans Park, right? Uh, no, I believe that that's going to be uh, the Veterans Park. There is a is an event. It's not you know. So we'll be in a, a a different park. It's in the park where the Discovery Run usually takes place, or it starts in that area. I think. Oh, like Esterbrook Park. I don't know for sure. I'm sorry. No worries. If it I, is, I, that's by my house. My website so is 55050. Check it out, www.55050.com, and you can see where we are going to be, and you can sign up. I think the registration opens up pretty soon. Well, by the time this podcast comes out, hopefully registration is opening. So if you're listening to this, go log on and see if you can register. And if you guys know anyone in any other states, have any friends, tell them to go see when their race is in their state and go attend. Are you going to do all 50 races again this year? Uh, I am not. I, I have a commitment to give a talk in Europe at a conference about exercise and mental health. 
and uh, it's going to be in Oslo, Norway. So I'm I, I made a commitment for that. Uh, so it's going to be in May. So I'm going to take a break of about ten uh, days. So you're going to do some of it, go to Norway, give a speech, and then keep on cruising. Right. That's awesome. That's a lot of commitment. Yeah. That should yeah. be a lot of fun. Has anyone else done all 50 states? Or are you the only one to do I'm, it so I'm far? I'm the only one. So that's that's the next thing. You need to challenge someone to come with you. You need to get oh. a crew to come with you and get multiple people. I would love to see that. That would be a good challenge. Yes. Do you know any other people who have done this type of race series before? Like, are no. there anything else that no. exists in the States? We're the but, only one. We're the only one that have that. I think there's one person that ran a marathon in every state in 50 days. And I, uh, but I, but there, we are the only series that is 5K in all 50 states in 50 days. There's no other series of any kind. That's that, so cool. And it's yeah. from Milwaukee. From it's Milwaukee. from our right. city. Absolutely. That's so right awesome. Right here. Are you Wisconsin's a great place. Wisconsin's the best. A lot of great things best. happen in here. <laughs> We're the best city on a coast. Quote me on it. I love <laughs> it. So how many other people have run 55Ks in 50 states in 50 days? Do you know that? I don't know of any... Are you I, I, like a record holder? I think I am. We need to find that out. That's a cool I, I resume think I, builder. I think I am. Uh, yeah, we had last year. We had three thousand people participate in the events, and out of those three thousand people, we have about maybe a dozen that more than a dozen, probably about twenty-five that that ran anywhere between two to five races with us. Oh, in that year? Yes, last last year. Last year, we, we had 3,000 people participate in all of the event. But out of those, we had about 25 people that basically ran more than just one event. They ran two or three, and we had one guy who actually you know, chased us and ran in multiple different states at different times. So, really? And that's a great thing. And anybody that's so that, cool. Anybody that wants to do that, they can actually join us at any state at any time, and then they can help with us, you know, they can... How did those people do it? Did they have like friends they in neighboring states? Yeah, or they traveled. They, they were traveling on vacations and they oh, said, that's... okay, you know what? I'm going to be in that state at that time. I'll just go ahead and, and run with you. So that's... I had people come and say, remember, I ran with you in, in, uh, you know, in San Diego. And here I am in, in, uh, in uh, Florida. Actually, we had a young lady who did the San Diego and did, and did the Tallahassee run. <laughs> that, that's so cool. That, yeah. like, I love that. that. That gets me inspired. That's cool. Well, doctor, thank you so much. This was an awesome conversation. But before we go, we have to do our Cream City Pacers rapid fire questions. Are you ready for them? I am ready. Okay. What shoes are you running in right now? And would you buy them again? Hoka. And I would. Awesome. I love Hoka's. I have a pair of Hoka's right now and I, they're coming on their last day. So I need to go to Performance Running Outfitters and get a new pair. Yeah. All right. What is your favorite route to run in Milwaukee? Uh, the lakefront. I love the lakefront as well. If you could bring one person to Milwaukee to run with you, who would it be? Uh, my brother. <laughs> okay. Would you guys do a race or just go for like a fun run? I'd love to do a fun run with him. Okay. I like that. What is your favorite Milwaukee race outside of your race? Discovery run. Discovery run. Do you dress up for it? I have not, but... I probably would next time I do it. <laughs> okay, you'll do it. You can. We'll do it this year, and we can yeah. dress up and wear a costume. Yeah. Yeah. What is your favorite running accessory? Mm, I tell you, I uh, uh, always carry 
a, um, I always have a headband on. And most people really make comments on that. I always have a headband because I sweat and the sweat comes down into my eyes, you know. And I, um, I'm not good at always carrying a bottle of water or fanny pack or anything like that. I, 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 I'm just not good. I don't like to carry things with me. But a headband is, is always there. I like the headband. It's very unique. It's not like a runner's thing, but you could do it and it works. Yeah. I like and I have it. one that has 550-50. I've, I've seen that in some photos. So it's, a, yeah. it's brand awareness too. Uh, what is your favorite pre-race pump-up song? I like Sugar. Who's that by? Uh, it's, it's by Maroon 5, I think. Oh, I love Maroon yeah, 5. Yeah, it's called Sugar. Yeah. So outside of the um, 550-50 run series, do you have any other running goals or plans this year? Uh, no. No? Not, not this year. I, I, I don't. I, I'm not 100% sure. I, like I said, I, I might come up with a race. Not okay. Quite sure. So you might have and one. We might have I might have. I might have something else planned. I, uh, I'm not sure. Okay, we'll focus on the series for now. Yes. And then before we go, what's one piece of advice you'd like to pass on to new runners? Don't give up. There's always challenges that's going to face you. You're going to have a chin splint. You're going to have something. You're going to have one thing or another. And you know what? I went back the other day, and I was cleaning my office, and I found a book that I had created at one point when I was training for my first marathon, and I had every day the login and what I did and how I felt. And I had like back pain, shoulder pain, you know, uh, you know, pain in my, my, you know, chin splints. They all are gone. There, there's no longer anything there. I mean, it's like, so don't give up. Uh, there's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be difficulties. There's always going to be setbacks. But, you know, don't give up. Don't give up. What doesn't challenge you doesn't change you doesn't challenge you it doesn't change and, you. and it's medicine it's, it's it's healthy medicine for you so get out there everyone and keep running before we go doctor where can we learn more about you your organization the run series uh dot org and com. Go check it out. Sign up for the Milwaukee race. And if you know anyone in different states or if you're traveling this summer, spring, summer, go join the race series in a different state. All right, guys. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Cream City Pacers podcast. If you like what you heard, hit subscribe wherever you are listening right now. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it also helps us greatly if you leave us a five-star review. Also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Cream City Pacers and at CreamCityPacers.com.